Can I just also give a little plug for our uh, mission supper in uh, a couple of weeks' time on the uh, 28th of um, uh, February uh, with the uh, speaker uh, is Dave Garrard from the uh, Mattersey Hall uh, Bible College and uh, he's going to be sharing about uh, his experiences in Ethiopia and uh, that's going to be quite a, uh, an interesting uh, evening. So do get your ticket. I've got tickets this morning and uh, Fiona will have tickets as well. I've got a little envelope here for you. Um, and uh, then Dave is uh, staying over and he's uh, uh, preaching at our uh, Sunday morning services on March uh, the 5th. Now, uh, David said that uh, this is number three in our mini-series. Well, actually, it's, it's, it's 2A, um, really, because uh, Charles altered it uh, last week, for those of you that were here. He didn't appreciate it when I said to him this morning that I'll let him know tomorrow what he's going to be preaching on next Sunday. And he said, what, what, what do you mean? He said, I, it's the first one in the Christianity Explored. And I said, well, it may not be. It may all change this morning, Charles. He said, well, I've already, I've already, I've already prepared it, he said. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that, really, should I? But anyway, um, but we're going to be looking at the, these verses which um, uh, Charles... Uh, wanted us to, to look at. But we're going through just a, a short series on Hebrews. And the background really is that the authorship of uh, Hebrews is uncertain. Uh, some put it down to Paul, some put it to maybe Apollos, maybe to, uh, to somebody else. Um, but it was written primarily f- to Jewish Christians. And there are a number of themes, but two main themes is that it's about what Christ has said to us and what Christ has done for us. And throughout, there is always that challenge for true discipleship, for true growth, for accepting Christ, and then going on with him. And there's also a a comparison between the Old Covenant, which we read about in the Old Testament, and the New Covenant. We have a, a new high priest in Jesus. We have the new sacrifice of Jesus on the cross for us, done once for all. And uh, it compares the, the Old and the New Testament, but it was written to people who, in spite of uh, their faith in Christ, may well be facing difficulties, persecution, and maybe uh, even death. And Charles suggested we, we look further at these verses because he said, I got really excited when I read them. And I wonder, you know, sometimes, do we actually get excited about what we read uh, in the Bible? How often do we get excited? when we read uh, God's word. But to me, in, this, um, uh, in these few verses that Alec read to us, there are four points. Firstly, there is the devil who has been, been defeated by the death of Jesus. The second thing is that we can be freed from the slavery uh, of the fear of death. Thirdly, Jesus has made atonement for us, for our sins, on the cross. And then fourthly, he can help us in our struggles with temptation. And as I was thinking about how we, we took this, it was difficult to know in which order to take the, the four points. And I want to really perhaps break it down into, uh, into three things. But the whole thrust of what I want to say is this whole question of liberty and freedom in Christ. And we need to understand what was happening on the cross when Jesus died for us. We need to understand what was happening 
on the cross. And there are a number of verses that uh, we can read that would indicate that. And one of the verses which I think every Christian should have underlined in their Bible is is Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13. And it says this, it says, When you were dead in your sins and and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the written code with its regulations that that were against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You see, that's what was happening when Jesus was dying on the cross. He was actually making a public spectacle of our enemy, the devil. 1 John 3 verse 8 says that the reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. That's why Jesus came, to destroy the devil's work and to bring freedom and to bring forgiveness. You remember the incident when Jesus was in the temple and uh, they handed him a scroll and he opened it up and the scroll was from Isaiah and he read these verses. He said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And we read that he rolled up the scroll and said, this day, this prophecy is fulfilled. So he was coming to proclaim release and freedom for the prisoners. And you know, a lot of people over the last sort of decade or more more than decade, over the last generation, have used these verses to to proclaim what we call liberation theology. In other words, it's prevalent in South America that actually we should advocate violence, even violence to, to free people from tyranny, from, uh, from dictatorships, and to bring freedom for people. And that is right, not that we should advocate violence, but people should be free. They should not be subject to tyranny and, and, to, and to governments where, where there is persecution. And that's all very fine, but the important thing is that the freedom that we have as Christians is far more than political and social. It is spiritual. And these verses, I I, I believe, demonstrate to us that, that mankind, you, me, we are all in bondage, or we can all be in bondage to three enemies. First, we are in bondage to sin. Second, we can be in bondage to death or the fear of death. And the third thing is we can be in bondage to the devil himself. The bondage that we experience is from within. And we are helpless to do anything about it. And we need to understand that man's most serious bondage is within himself. And the first thing is we are in bondage to sin. And it is a problem. Sin is a problem. Right at the beginning of uh, the book of Hebrews, uh, in, in verse 3, um, the writer says that when, uh, the, the, that when the Son, who is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word, after he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. 
Jesus came primarily to bring purification from sin. And, and we need to understand that. We need to understand that we are and we can be in bondage to sin. 1 Peter 2 and 24 says that he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree. We sing a hymn, don't we? Man of sorrows, what a name. It says, in my place condemned he stood. Hallelujah, what a saviour. Anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. 1 John 1, 1.9 says, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Sin not only bars us from eternity, but it also prevents us from being the people that we would genuinely want to be. Often we say, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I didn't do that. I wish I wasn't like this. The Bible speaks about us being slaves to sin and helpless, and because of that, we are separated from God. The relationship is broken. The relationship needs to be restored. And we read in verse 17, it said that for this reason, he had to be made like his brothers in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. When Jesus died on the cross, he made atonement. He brought us back to God. He reconciled us to God. The relationship can be and can only be restored through belief and faith in the, risen, uh, in the death and the risen work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Atonement is being reconciled to God and having relationship restored. The second thing is death or the fear of death. And we need to appreciate that death is also our enemy. But when we become Christians, we, we have that certainty of eternity in our hearts and in reality. And this in many ways should take away that fear. It doesn't always, but there is much in Scripture that should give us that assurance that our eternal destiny is secured. There's uh, some verses in, in 1 Corinthians 15, and these are often read uh, at uh, funeral services. And um, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54, it says this, When the perishable has been clothed with imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The process perhaps is the uncertainty, but the end result for us as Christians, is sure. And this letter was written to Christians who may well have been fearful of persecution. They may have been fearful of imprisonment. They may have been fearful of torture 
and ultimate martyrdom. But there is hope. The pagan in those days and the non-Christian today has no hope for the future. The only way that they uh, may expect to live on is just purely in the memory of those who they leave behind. And uh, I've got a, a bit here that was written by Bertrand Russell, that great humanist and uh, atheist. He said, Brief and powerless is man's life. On him and all his race, the slow, sure doom falls pitiless and dark. Blind to good and evil, reckless of destruction, omnipotent matter rolls on its reckless way. For man, condemned today to lose his dearest, tomorrow himself to pass through the gates of darkness, it remains only to cherish, ere yet the blow fall, the lofty thoughts that ennoble his day to worship at the the shrine his own hands have built. Well, that's terrible. That is... I mean, we talk about gloom and doom today, but that is real gloom and doom. But for those of us who are Christians, we actually have hope. The Bible says if only in this life we have hope in Christ, we are pitied more than all men. We are released from the fear of death, fear of the future, but also we are released through atonement from the fear of the past. And then finally, the devil. He is defeated too. Jesus came to destroy him who holds the, the, the power of death. And I, you, you may ask, and I ask sometimes, if, if he is destroyed, then why does he wreak such havoc in the world today and maybe in your life and mine? Well, the word destroyed here means that he's been rendered impotent. His power is restricted. He still, as the Bible says, stalks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. But his power is limited. And those of us are Christians, we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And if we truly, truly want to live holy lives and resist that temptation through the power of the Holy Spirit, that is possible. That is possible. Pilgrim's Progress, there was a, uh, an incident in the life of Pilgrim's Progress and uh, as Pilgrim was, was journeying towards the uh, celestial city and uh, you, I, I remember the, the, the picture of it and I had to turn up which was the incident but um, Pilgrim, uh, Christian rather, was, was journeying on and he was coming towards the palace beautiful and as he journeyed on there were lions either side of the path and he said, how, he thought, how on earth? Am I going to get through between those two lions? One was called Mistrust and the other one was called Timorous. And uh, he was told to keep in the center of the path and keep his eyes forward. And as he walked forward, he realized that as he was walking forward, the lions were actually tethered and chained either side and they couldn't just get to him. And as he walked through the middle, the lions could not harm him. And, you know, isn't that a bit like, I think, the devil? You know, we come and uh, we, we think, oh, he's so powerful. And yet, if we keep our eyes on Jesus, if we keep to the middle of the path, we can resist the enemy. We can resist the devil. And sometimes, you know, our problem, when we succumb to uh, his wiles and temptation, that we could 
uh, allow ourselves perhaps to be bitten because we get too close. Remember the story of uh, Icarus, Icarus from Greek mythology. I was thinking about that. He was the one who uh, came to a, a sticky end simply because when he escaped from the labyrinth in Crete, using the wings that his father had, produ- had made for him. And his father said, you can fly with these wings, but if you fly too close to the sun, the wax on the wings will melt. And of course, he flew too close to the sun. The wings melted and he plummeted back to earth. Uh, I know that's mythology, but in many ways, it's almost like a picture of us. So often we fly too close to the sun. We allow ourselves to get too close to the devil and the things that would attract us away from the Lord Jesus. We get bitten because we get too close to him. We were challenged at our men's breakfast just recently about making sure that we do live holy and pure lives. There is a way in which we can do that. And that is by coming back to God and confessing our sin and and making that, that determination that we will live holy lives and we need to be perhaps in an accountability situation where we might have a, a prayer triplet that we can have that, uh, that, that input into our lives or, 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 or with, our, with our partner, a husband or wife but the title that I set was if the sun shall make you free and of course the end of that if the sun shall make you free you will be free indeed but you know we do need to respond to what the Lord Jesus says to us, to what the Holy Spirit challenges, uh, challenges us about. And you know, it seems to me sometimes that uh, we put off perhaps coming to God. We put off confessing our sins. You know, it's a bit like, and I, I'm as guilty of this as anyone, you know, you get a letter or you get a phone call and you think, I must respond to that. And you, and you don't. You, you leave it for a few days and you think, well, I must get round to it. And uh, you leave it for another few days, and then it becomes a little bit embarrassing. Oh, I should have done it last week. And then it sits on your desk, and it sits on your desk, and you're so embarrassed that you have let it slip that actually you never, ever do anything about it. And then you meet this person a bit later, and you think, you know, you confess, I should have actually written to you, I should have invited you around, but you haven't. And you know, so often in the Christian life, or other in our lives, you know, the challenge comes for us to respond to God, whether to respond to him for the first time and ask Jesus to come into our life or to respond to him and say, yes, I do want to live a holy life. And we keep putting it off. And the longer we put it off, the harder it is to respond. And that's why I finished on that last verse that Alec read to us. It says, it says do not harden your heart because the longer we put off either committing our lives to Christ or committing uh, ourselves to live holy lives, to become his true disciple, the longer we put it off, the harder it is. We need to respond to him today. And if we're not Christians, if we've never come to that point where we know the Lord Jesus Christ as our own personal saviour, then today is the day that you can do it. And if you want to talk to anyone, there's some of us here, there's Dave here, and I'm happy to talk to one. Mike is sitting there and David at the back. Um, there are people here who can talk to you and help you and pray with you. But if perhaps we look at our lives and we think, actually, we are living uh, in sin, that things that are troubling us that we can't break, if we're living in that fear of death, 
if we're allowing the devil into our lives when he shouldn't be there, then actually today it says, do not harden your heart. Act on what the Holy Spirit says and uh, seek that help and that prayer and that support from other Christians. So, do not harden your hearts. Let's remember that the devil's work, actually, he is destroyed. He is impotent. His, uh, his action and his power is limited. We as Christians can have the Holy Spirit within us that says that we can stand and we can know that victory. We sang those words, Jesus, what a beautiful name. And all the way through, now fear is gone and uh, we can know that in reality. And may we do that in the coming days. Amen. Our closing song is about that victory. Jesus, we celebrate your victory.